From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Thursday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here today. A bit of a state of college athletics podcast to to some extent. Uh, a couple of different topics we want to hit on that. Some stories have come out in the last 24 to uh, 36 hours. Ole Miss announcing, or at least the Grove Collective uh, announcing a couple different uh, new partners, members, athletes, however you want to say that, representatives ambassadors, of their, ambassadors and representatives of their uh, their collective. So let's talk some of those things today. We are uh, one day away from Ole Miss in Arkansas and Fayetteville this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for the Rebels and the Razorbacks, and um, Ole Miss sticking with the same rotation, Delusia, Elliott, Diamond this weekend in, uh, in Fayetteville. So uh, – that and more coming up on today's show. The Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides, bread, 32-ounce drink. We're coming to town this weekend, next weekend. I know a ton of you were here, obviously, last weekend. Uh, take advantage of those things. They got ribs. They got the hot case. Got chicken. Plenty of different things. If you don't want to worry about dinner tonight, they'll take care of it for you. And then also take a picture of uh, the QR code at the pump. It'll open up the Exxon Mobile app. Thousand bonus points. Thousand bonus points is ten bucks with the Blue Sky here in Oxford and all Blue Sky locations throughout Mississippi. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. Six six two two five seven nineteen hundred is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and uh, he'll do his best to get it to you. But he'll definitely get you a quote within fifteen minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle. No haggle. Uh, you get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the product. You will absolutely love the service. Uh, Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove it to you when um, you make the call, 662-257-1900. Guest, join on the uh, Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. A great place to enjoy a burger, a po' boy, appetizer, great beer selection, full bar, and more there at Rafters on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. So, um, several things. Kind of how you want to open this up. Just, uh, I guess, a story coming out. Was it Sports Illustrated that had the, the one about the scholarships and stuff? Was that was that Sports Illustrated? Yeah. Seems like that was, was it Ross? Was it Ross? Dellinger? He at least was tweeting about it, so it was Sports Illustrated, whether it was not him or not. Yeah, but yeah I think I it think was Ross so. Dellinger. It was about a number of things. It wasn't just college baseball, but the college baseball sort of stood out because well, we I mean, talked about it was college athletics in general is right. really where it was standing, where it's tons of deregulation is being discussed <laughs> yeah. is, is the best way to put it. Uh, also, I I found a, uh, a story, again, from The Athletic. I don't really mean to keep doing this, but um, – that uh, I sent to Neil this morning where Florida has essentially created two collectives, one for high net worth individuals and one for the uh, the more commoner. Um, it was will, fascinating. I want to talk about some of those things today. Uh, it's just, it, it really is, it's, a, it's kind of a landscape day for college athletics, all this stuff getting bountied about, all the things that are potentially in play at this point. And the draft starts tonight. And the draft starts tonight. Kind of covered that a decent bit yesterday. Ronald Acuna returns to the lineup for the Braves today. He does. Um, they rushed that a little bit. It's like, hey, we haven't yeah. won a series yet. Might want to yeah. get him in. Let's see what else. Uh, NBA playoffs. It's a big. There's a lot going on. I did kind of laugh, and I like 
David O'Brien gets on my nerves sometimes covering the Braves, but he did kind of he, he made me laugh a couple days ago because all the fans are going crazy about Acuna and all this stuff and what you do and when you do it. And he kind of like just quote tweeted him and says, you know, like the two guys making the decision, that's literally their jobs. Like they have a little more invested in this than you do yeah. on making this decision. They're not they're not just choosing to not. Well, and play we're, Ronald Acuna. Right, we're now. not going to spend much time on Acuna, but but if you're the Braves, this is not complicated. You already have a title. You have a title. He is the face of your franchise. You don't rush him back. No. Period. And if that means that you end up in the wild card this year instead of winning the division, so be it. You have a lot invested in Acuna. I don't even know if I know the answer, Grant. He has to do wonder look scores matter. Do you think yeah, so? Yes. Yes. I think they, they matter as they, in you can't suck at it. Well, I think they're I a, think the the edges they're a piece of a puzzle. Yeah. Now do I think there's a huge difference between a thirty eight and a twenty nine? No, not really. No, like I like, like does, it's it's zero to fifty for anybody. Does Matt Corral's fifteen Wonderlick hurt him? And the answer is yes. It's one negative and a big list of positives and negatives. Yes. It's one negative that if you are looking for a reason you already kind of made up your mind you're not drafting him because you just don't think he's you think he's a one read guy you 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 you're a little scared about some of his interviews some of his interviews according, apparently did not go great um you look at that and go see there's another thing right there see and you justify it now if you're a guy that that says hey I love this kid he he's got big time arm um, there's, there's a moxie about him. I like his attitude, all that stuff. You hear the wonderlick and you go, those things don't matter. I don't care. It's there. It's so it's, it's something that if you're looking for a reason not to draft him, you can add that to your list. So comparison, current top quarterbacks in the NFL, or at least a list of some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. This is not all encompassing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wonderlick scores. Uh, Ron Fitzpatrick, 48. We've always known that. He's a guy who incredibly intelligent, and I do believe that was indicative of teams are going to be more willing because he's just going to be a pro, show up. He's going to learn systems. He can bounce around, and it's made him a ton of money to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. It has helped with his intelligence. Yeah, because he can get a job as a backup with a phone call. Carson Wentz, 40. Matt Stafford, 38. Josh Allen, 37. Aaron Rodgers, 35. Tannehill, 34. Burrow, 34. Brady, 33. Cousins, 33. Russell Wilson, 28. Dak, 25. Roethlisberger, 25. Mahomes, 24. Just a yeah. quick list of some of the top guys. Yeah. Historically, the worst of some Hall of Famers, uh, Brett Favre at 22 is the lowest I see on the list. Eli had a 39. So Grind points out that Malik Willis scored a 32. And so if you're looking for – if you're the guy that's that's saying, hey, I love this Willis kid, right? Big arm. I like his personality. And you're like, see? And he had a 32 on, on his Wonderlick. Look where he puts in the range. He's right there with these guys that are in the NFL today that are successful. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a piece of a puzzle. Yeah. It is, it is confirmation bias with whatever you need it to say. Yeah. Because if you love him, you can probably ignore it. And if you hate him, you don't go. If if you if you're the guy that that's looking at Malik Willis and you're like, you know, boy, I watched that couple of his films, and I just know oh, you don't see 32 on the Wonderlick and go, ah, son of a bitch, we're going to take him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're if you're talking yourself into him, there's another piece. Yo, there's okay. another layer on top of the case. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. I get it. See, he's a bright guy. Bright. Think he can think on his feet. He can think quickly. 
Because I think that's the question on Matt is from a reading defenses standpoint is can you absorb information quickly, process it, and make a decision? We've seen Matt play. This is not really even a negative comment toward Matt. I was kind of thinking, I saw the Wonderlook score. I, I, I told you a couple of things that I'd heard from some of his meetings. He feels, it, it comes off as he's nervous. There's almost like a rush to explain himself, a rush to try to fix things. Yeah. Instead of just calming down and go, going to be all right. I get yeah. drafted. Let's, let's, yeah. let's go through this. He, he, he's had some bungles and in interviews where it feels like he is trying to explain away things that don't need to be explained or do a lot of cleanup on something that's not spilled, frankly. One of the things that was always said about him privately inside the program is that he could be a little thin-skinned. That's not a criticism. I think I'm kind of thin-skinned, so I'm making. I'm, I'm not making fun. But well, managed correctly, it's not even a bad thing, frankly. Right. Um, but I think for him, he he knows what criticism is out there, and I think there's a, almost a rush to defend himself. But again, man, whether it's tonight or tomorrow. As soon as he hears his name called, it doesn't matter. He's going to get a jersey thing, and he's going to go to a media deal, and he's going to start a mini camp sometime soon, and he's going to start getting ready for training camp. And man, it won't ever matter again. Mm-hmm. You get to prove. No, we go through tons of things that are a one. They're an anomaly from a career standpoint. You get to prove yourself, or not prove yourself, in an NFL uniform against NFL competition. In an NFL setting. We should take the Wonder Look over the weekend and talk about it on Monday. Oof. I'm almost scared of it at this oh, come point. Come on. <laughs> Neil made an eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> what do you get, like 10 minutes? Is it 10 for the 50 questions? I'm not sure. I think that's why the NFL likes it for quarterbacks, though. It's the ability to process something quickly. And frankly, move on. If, yeah. Yeah. It's, hey, if I don't know this, okay, we'll Next. come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think that's what happens. Some of the really bad scores is somebody will sit there for 90 seconds and they've lost the test because they stare at one thing with some triangles on it for a, for a minute. It, look, tonight's going to be fascinating. It is. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to kind of see how it how it plays out. You got so much. It, it is such a, a undervalued, or at least people are not valuing the quarterback's 12 minutes, grind says, to the point that it is. It's It's... It's got a chance to be a kind of an, a crazy night. You know, I, I just keep way. wanting to read Saints trade sixteen and nineteen move Stop. up to, move up to five. At which point you know they're taking a quarterback, although it does not appear that's what they're. Uh, doing. It it feels like tackle wide receiver at yeah. sixteen nineteen. That's my guess right now. From that standpoint, there's some good receivers at that range. A couple of SEC guys, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks. Who else am I leaving out? I guess Mechie. Chris Olove, Ohio State. Yeah, there's some dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Athletic, they have four uh, bowl predictions for tonight, and one of them is the Saints package 16 and 19 to move ahead of Seattle to get Willis. Oh? Who sits behind Jameis for a year. What would your reaction to that be? Not good. I I don't 
You don't you don't like Willis that much, or he scares you because there's a a, a floor. I don't. Okay. It's complicated because yeah, yeah, duh. Yeah, that's the problem, right? <laughs> yeah. If it weren't complicated, everybody would get it right. <laughs> <laughs> really easy decision here. I don't know why they're screwing this up. I'm having to come to terms with the window because of the defense and some different things. Now they need a wide receiver. They need some stuff. The window is technically still open for the Saints. It's not dead yet in yeah. that I have to win with Jameis as my quarterback, mm-hmm. which makes my window closed because I do not believe Jameis can win a Super Bowl. I think he can get the playoffs. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl. But now here's the catch. That's fair. I agree. Any of these quarterbacks in the draft are not winning the Super Bowl in the next two years either. There's not a Joe Burrow in this where I go, oh, no. when you're two, we're no. golden, we're no. good. No, there's no Burrow in this. So draft. it's not even necessarily about Willis. It's just about the realization that there is a reset happening even though the window is not completely shut and boarded up and closed. And that is more the mindset that I am struggling with right now. The Saints are kind of in that year when the Thunder ended up being the year that they went to the, the bubble, but – they kept Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder and those guys, and they made the playoffs. And they were a competitive team, and they were fun to watch. But they, you knew, you knew two things: one, that team was not winning a title. If it beat the Rockets in Game Seven, it was losing to the Lakers. And you knew that a reset was coming. That guys were going to move on, and that you were about to go young and and do the tankathon thing for a couple of years. You knew it was coming, and that's a weird spot. For a fan base. Hey, this is a fun team. We should celebrate this team, but we better enjoy this team because what's coming on the other side of this is a little bit of pain. Yeah, I look, at this point in his career, I have no reason to believe that Jameis is not a version of a a Tanny Hill, it's, it's exactly, a Dalton it's in exactly. his prime. Those kind of guys that is. go, you know what? Kirk Cousins, they hamstring you. Where they're good. They're oh, yeah. good, and no, I they, can. They're good enough to stay in, in the league. In the right for a mindset, I can convince myself. Nope, nope. They just got to get hot for four weeks, and we've got the Lombardi baby. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you go. No, nah, they're not good enough. Uh, yeah, because you look at. You it. never want the twelfth best quarterback in the NFL. But if you're a Saints fan, the little thing that nags you is you go, yeah, but our defense is so good. Yeah, I. That if Jameis. Just but is it good enough that we're not – it's not Rex Grossman Bears defense, though. Like, I, but, they're you, good. but you can talk yourself into that. This isn't the bit. Ravens with Trent Dilfer where we go, hey, right. we just – just because it's probably – Jameis throws so many picks. Right. He's not built for that either. He's not built for, hey, look, just do not throw the ball to the other team. Yeah. Punt. Just, just go manage the game. No, but no. Hey, Jameis got the big arm. We're, we're throwing that yeah. bad boy. We're, we're doing stuff. And if I had his physical talent, I'd be like, hey, man, I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing the throwing, I'm throwing this thing. Yeah, it's the version of DK walking around with a shirt on. You just go, hey, you yeah, know sure. what? This is my gift. We're, we're, we're chucking it. Sure. With now a bunch he, of wide receivers who aren't built for that offense because was, they built the offensive roster for Breeze. For Breeze. Which was all short and intermediate. I will say this. Jameis was playing really well before he got hurt last year. He was. He was not turning it over nearly as much. Was beginning to look comfortable. I can see how the Saints, this is a, like you said, it's complicated. You could sit in the room there in Metairie and talk yourself dizzy. What do you do with Debo Samuel? If you want him, he's obviously electric. But at the end of the day, he's only as electric as his trade value because he plays some running back. 
which is the wrong position in today's NFL to get a ton of money and to not get hurt, that it, as a straight wide receiver, he's good. Yeah. But he's not, oh, my God, I want elite wide receiver money because you're not that guy. He also was playing in an offense that was kind of so en- engineered for him and operated by an offensive genius. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan's good. Yeah, he's really yeah. good. People do the 28-3 to thing against him. It's it's yeah, should happen. Shut up. Yeah, I, I I would not want Debo Samuel at the price he would take. I'm not mortgaging my future for him. A guy who is only that valuable because he takes some handoffs. Yeah. If you were a team that the window was closing, you were a, a weapon away, mm-hmm. think about it. Oh, sure. But at that point, you have to understand that, okay, this only works – it's the Rams – this only works if this is only worth it if we win a title. If we've come anywhere between second and thirty second, it's not worth it. But now, if you win one, look at the look at the Rams. I mean, they're champs. Forever, it's a good trade. Oh, done. Yeah, and the the Rams front office and ownership goes down as geniuses. It's no like I was listening happens. to uh, I was listening to Cubs Braves the other night, and they were talking about Max Fried, you know, who came over in that. Big trade, and yeah, yeah, you know, for Max Fried was the winning pitcher in Game Six of the World Series that gave the Braves the title. So from that point forward, the trade's great. No matter what else happens, the trade was great. It's kind of like looking at the Braves right now. Is that look? It wasn't like they were the one seed last year. You know what I mean? They're good, but it's not shocking that they're going to hit some lulls and not have a perfect roster. And they're from a money standpoint, they're a small to mid market team. Like it's all yeah. those things where. They got really hot and they maximized it, but you're not going, "Oh my god, they're the best franchise in baseball." You know what I mean? Like you're you're watching it going, "Well, yeah, that's who they are. They're going to have these kind of things." And you just try to get in the tournament, and when you get in the tournament, sometimes crap happens. And that's sort of where sort of where a lot of the stuff is, but with the NFL, you know, I mean, I get the Giants have done it and stuff, but the 6 seeds not winning a ton. So All right, we'll jump into the uh the college sports thing in a second. We'll talk about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you can local underwriting and understand your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got two sand rings, grass ring, miles of wooded trails, a ton to be offered, including uh, camp season, which gets rolling um, on May the 30th. Got uh, a month's worth of camps, basically. They're Monday through Friday camps, 8.30 to 2 p.m. each day. Get in touch with uh, Susan Walt or Bowers Cone. uh, Message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. They'll get back in touch with you with all the information that you need. We're also brought to you by Bell Bell and Grove. Based out of Chattanooga, Daryl Oliver, Evan Dial built Bell & Grove. It's a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. that can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rate possible for their customers. For more information, call Daryl Oliver, 865-672-6557. Don't just ima- accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. 
These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. That's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. We uh, always talk about the candidates looking for a job. Don't forget, if you're a company that's looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, service specialists can help you. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send, so you have nothing to lose. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Podcast is brought to you by GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync to fee prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip at the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have what you need when you need it with GNM. They're also available through Tyson Drugs and Holly Springs on the square there in Holly Springs. It's really easy to transfer your medications from Big Box Pharmacy. Just give GNM a call, and they will do it all for you. Again, 662-236-2222. So... Uh, it is called the Transformation Committee, is what uh, the NCAA is is coining this one. We like the committees. We like the what's the the commissions. That's the other one. The the oh, com- yeah. the, 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 the commissions. This one because he appears to chair everything is being chaired by Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, and uh, Julie Connor, I think is her name, the Ohio State athletic director. Okay, that is the uh, the two people that are handling this affair here. I, I would like to see the full twenty one person list because there are going to be some people on here that absolutely do not their voices do not matter whatsoever. Um, because the group of five guy on the list is going. Hold on a minute. Um, um got a <laughs> bit of a problem okay. right now. Uh. So you guys haven't run a day in my shoes, I don't think. Yeah. So here's what's going on is with Emmert stepping down, they had already had this transformation committee to figure out what the next stage of the NCAA looks like. Twenty one people getting together and they essentially have the ability to take whatever rules they want to change, push them off to the universities and the athletic directors, see if they can get them passed, push them on to the universities and athletic directors, and then have a theory that conferences can essentially make their own rules at that point on what they want to adapt or not adapt from this this process, which is another layer to just a break off between the two. Yes. They, they, they won't just come out and say that, but that everything is inching toward that is what is actually going on. Because, yeah. as has always been the case, the rules for Texas and Ole Miss are, should not be the rules for ULL and Louisiana Tech. Yeah. And that is where this thing is sitting. So... The things that are being bounced about, because what's happened is they're sort of telling the administrators, look, be prepared for these things. Here's sort of a list. This is only a small list. I mean, I think I think the overall number of changes or recommendations or whatever word you want to put on it is actually going to be incredibly expansive. Like, I think it's going to be a huge list. But the couple things that most people have focused on to this point are that they would eliminate partial scholarships in non-equity sports or whatever it's called, um, which would then allow men's golf, baseball, softball to, if the conferences and the schools chose to fund full scholarships and do whatever they wanted with the the process. 
The other thing is to take all limits off coaching staff sizes. Okay, in football, <laughs> A, the arms race would be stupid. Yes. Because here's the deal. That would mean that every staff member, regardless of what they are on the staff, could be a recruiter, could be on the field coaching. They're everything all at once. Or you could even hire nothing but a recruiting staff where you hire 10 assistants who only go out on the road and recruit and don't do anything with game planning or coaching and then have your coaching staff that only deals with the players in the program and on the field. In theory, those are the things that would happen in that case. And you're talking about, depending on the money in the school, I mean, you could see double the size of coaching staffs right now. You could see a swelling even beyond all the analyst games that are currently going on. But where this is tricky is I know everybody, the, the first blush is, yes, 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 this is amazing. There are positives. Yeah, but, sure. But a lot of schools can't do this. Well, a lot of schools can't. And you got to figure it out from this key point, Title IX. Yeah. It's a very real thing here because Title IX doesn't go away because of these changes. So even at the major schools, how does that math work? How does the math work that if I go, you can't just go, hey, baseball's full and this is full and whatever, because here's the deal, too. It's not even necessarily funding all women's sports to the same amount. That's fine. Ole Miss is fine with that. SEC schools are fine with that. Is, I assume, is that you might need extra sports. And extra sports are so expensive. Yeah, because that, that is cost prohibitive that I don't think it could happen. Yeah, you have to start, you have to hire a new staff for that. And you have to have. At some point, people are looking at this going, this is like we talked about. This is a. This is a stupid – the business model as a whole, the college athletics business model, not its purpose, not the altruistic stuff, the business model is stupid, right? I mean, if you were just running a business, you'd have a football program. Most places would have a basketball program, men's. They wouldn't have women's. And a few places wouldn't have baseball. Some people would have different things. Some of the schools up north would have a hockey team, et cetera. But you wouldn't do a lot of other stuff because other stuff doesn't make money. Like the idea that you're paying your women's basketball coach $850,000 is insane from a business standpoint. The program doesn't make money. It loses money. From a business standpoint, you'd hire somebody, pay them about fifty grand, and be like, I don't care, just don't get in trouble. From a business standpoint. Yeah, sure. And so in baseball, if, let's say at Ole Miss is at 11.7. If you go to 25, right? That's quick math. I think counting academic aid, Ole Miss was at like fourteen point three this okay. year or something like that. I, I could go look at it again, but it was so you're adding eleven scholarships roughly if you go to twenty five. Yeah, and technically it's twenty seven, but sure. Okay, so okay, so you're adding thirteen. So you're basically well, now you're a thirty five man roster, but cur- under current NCAA rules, twenty seven is the max number of scholarship players you can have. Okay, but now that would go away too. Yeah, so I mean, maybe you, I mean, in theory, it could go to thirty five. At which point, that, if, if you're you, I'll use my alma mater, ULM. Now, no one would need to go to thirty five. Right. That's stupid. But if you're ULM, you're losing money at eleven point seven. Oh yeah. So there's no incentive to even go to twelve. And so now if you're competing against people that are at 25 scholarships, 27 scholarships, whatever, don't you at some point go, this, maybe this is the time to pull the plug on this? Well, your sports, well, your roster is even being diluted down because, I mean, that, that's a good example. Take Southern Miss, take ULM. Mm-hmm. The kids that you're getting that you're top-end guys are guys that Ole Miss and State couldn't afford. And now they can. Times. Now, now it's like, hey, come on. Yeah, sure. bring them, sure. Now you take more. Because now you don't need the project from wherever it's the walk-on. No, I'll just go get that guy. Yeah. It's fine. 
Yeah, at the top of the sport, it makes the sport better. Because now even you might even get some guys that go pro. Maybe they'll go to college now because it's a full ride. And then they can get NIL money on top of that. But if you're at, hell, Chase, there's some, I mean, Missouri, they'd do it because they'd have to, but they'd look at this. The league would mandate it. But they would look at this and go, this is silly. We're not making money in baseball. I mean, how many schools in the SEC are making money in baseball? About half? Not even, I don't think. It's Ole Miss State, Arkansas, South Carolina, and LSU, I think. With A&M, I don't know. Okay. So four, five, six yeah. max. Yeah, and when you add Texas, I think they're probably making money in baseball. I don't know. I mean, like Florida doesn't make money in baseball. Right. Vanderbilt doesn't make money in baseball. Georgia doesn't make money in baseball. I mean, this is a real challenge for Vanderbilt here. I'm kidding. But, I mean, if, but if you look at anything outside of the Power Five, they look at this and go, this is, this is dumb. This, this is dumb now. If you're Southern Illinois – are you even doing it anymore? Is it why? If you're in the meeting, I think if you're in that meeting, you have to go. Hey, we don't have this. So does it evolve into a division one and a division two? I think it's inevitable, and I could be wrong. But is this the step toward that? It's it's just yet another step towards it. I think but like, but, but again, it's it's not even what now. you're talking about. It is, but it's in addition. It's again, I, Title Nine is a it is actually the bigger part of this, Ross. I'm not grading his story here, but if he made a mistake, it's that Title IX is mentioned in like the 37th paragraph. Right. That's not correct. Because take ULM, for example. Even if they said, you know what? Nope, we're going to add 10. Well, they can't create women's soccer or something simply to offset those costs. I wouldn't think. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. As you're talking about creating a sport. Well, you're not offsetting cost. You're adding cost. That's what I meant. You yeah. meant offsetting scholarships, yeah, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. You're just you're doubling down. With what? With what money? I mean, now do you call Alabama and go, hey, we'll come take our beating in September, but instead of $4 million, we need 5.5? To pay for this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is that what you do? And then if you're doing that, don't you have to worry a little bit about Hey, the day might come where the TV networks go, we don't want that game anymore. Hey, Alabama, we, we, we just – hey, SEC, we just gave you guys triple what you used to make. And that, that Auburn-Samford game, we don't want that anymore. We want Auburn to play Wisconsin. Go schedule somebody. We got to market this game. Hey, Arkansas, we don't want you – that Arkansas-Pine Bluff game that you played, we're not doing that anymore. Remember how you played Cincinnati? Do that again. And, and, and I say that not by competition, but now Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Samford, those kind of teams, they don't get those paydays. Well, those paydays funded their athletic programs. And now you're talking about adding to it? Arkansas, Pine Bluff, are they going to add baseball scholarships? Well, on, I, Arkansas, Pine Bluff's probably not even at 11.7. Right. They're probably at like four. But now you go, okay, so are we just going to be – a whipping boy, or is this an okay? Op- or is it, advocate. Is you this an opportunity were. to kill it? So, what difference does it make? Maybe you're now more. You're so much of a whipping boy, but you're only playing your conference. That's all that matters. Right. So, who gives a damn if you're beat eight to one or eighteen I, to one I, by I, Ole Miss? Maybe you know what I mean. Yeah, like if sure. there's smaller conferences, actually, I think you just do what you're doing. If there's no split, I mean, a split makes right. sense. But if there's not, to you me, don't have to do anything. So, who gives a shit? As long as if you're Pine Bluff, and as long as Prairie View and Alabama A&M aren't doing it, right. what difference does it make? Right. 
yeah, your product's probably a little worse, but you're not recruiting the same right. kids anyway. It's the and it, yeah, you're right. And I hadn't really thought about it like that. I still think the ultimate answer to where this is headed is there's a division one and there's a division two. And your decisions and your problems are at schools like Dallas Baptist, Southern Miss. Yeah. Baseball wise. Yeah. That can't really afford it, but they are top programs. Sure. East Carolina. Sure. Well, Southern Miss is a top program today, but are you a top program when in that when, situation when this happens? Well, you would be if you could do it too. That's my point. Right. You have to decide: is there even a way? But I mean, do one of the Duff brothers go? What? Nope, we got you. It's all good. Yeah. Or or not. But if suddenly Texas can take twenty-seven, some of the kids who are at Dallas Baptist today are at Texas. Oh, sure. Yeah. The second thought I had was that Omaha would just become a second SEC tournament. Well, because. Look, if, if the league didn't mandate it across the country, there are there are Big Twelve schools that would struggle with this. There's ACC schools oh, that would struggle with this. Many Pac twelve schools that couldn't do it. There's Pac twelve schools that would punt. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing in this. Is there like I mean, frankly, Cal won't have a baseball program. Right. Cal dropped their damn program anyway, like ten years ago. Yeah. Had to bring it back. They had a whole thing led by Utah, one of Utah stuff like that. It's, why are we doing this? I mean, I, I, that's all I'm saying is I think in, in the individual conference rooms across the country, <clears throat> somebody would raise his or her hand and say, you know, this might be an opportunity for us to scale back. We can just. This might be an opportunity. We, we, we should at least think about this. And when you start having that conversation, that is the easiest decision to make. From a bottom line Get away once you get over the emotion of the people and stuff. Hey, this is it's time to cut back. I mean, a lot of schools would literally go to their donors and go, Hey, we can only do this if we get this much money. Yes or no? Not mad at you, nothing else, but here's the number. Meanwhile, we're hitting you up for facilities, we're NIL. hitting you up for NIL for the sports that 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 we deem that more we important. Do that, yeah, and hey, can you fund? What's what's this going to do for us? Is it going to make us competitive? No, well, and look, not, here's not really. the deal too. Here's what this potentially would do as well. It's not just a men's sports issue. If you start, if the schools that do decide to cut because of this, they're cutting women's sports too. Sure, because they only need equi- they, they they just need equity. Right. They have to play a minimum number of sports. A lot of schools are play, paying way over the minimum. I mean, this is similar to the pandemic conversation we had for like a day back in the middle of 2020 of. Hey, if this happens and money doesn't come back, where are you cutting? And it's across the board. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not just baseball or men's tennis or or whatever. You're well, and that's about. you know, it's interesting you say that because the people in in college athletics who would be in these boardrooms, they've had these conversations already. Because mm-hmm. the truth is, in twenty summer of twenty twenty, when they were all doing Zoom calls. The subject of those Zoom calls at some point. I'm guessing. What are we doing? Like this would be an interesting thing to ask ask Keith. Now that it's over and they got past it, I'm sorry. One day it's over, the next day it's not. But whatever, we'll get there eventually. Um, when you talked about kind of Armageddon, no football season for 2020, none of those revenues. What was getting cut? When you did your war game, what was getting cut? 
Because every school had that list. Yeah. You know, Pocket Watch said Auburn got close to cutting tennis when the pandemic began. Sure. Look, it's it's no different than a family, right? When income gets slashed, at some point you you have to, at least most people, you have to take a look at um, your expenses and go, okay, well we're going to have to eliminate this. Yeah, where's the fat being trimmed? Yeah, you know that Disney vacation, we're not going to take it this year. <clears throat> we're going to have to consolidate whatever downsize whatever the case may be it happens all the time it's no no different in an athletics program so yeah for i mean is it a big deal at texas a&m to add some scholarships not nah, they're good <laughs> we got it mm-hmm. but if you're north texas it's a decision to make and maybe the decision is you know what we're fine where we are yeah we're not winning a national championship we were never winning a national championship let's just keep doing what we're doing let's just I think that's the decision for the really low end. It's the it's the teams who are middle to upper that don't have the money. They go, but we're good. People like it. Our fan base expects this. Right. Southern Miss, Tulane. Sure. I mean, said South Alabama was in the, sure. in the list. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But sure. Cal State Fullerton. Sure. Irvine, Long Beach. But again, if you're ULM, uh, I think you sit in the room and. If I'm in the room, I'm going, hey, maybe this is the time to kill it. Well, because here's the deal. In one of those leagues, somebody's going to do it. One school will have a way to do it. And then, okay, well, they're a superpower now. And I do. They're going to beat yeah. the hell out of us every year. Well, and maybe those teams. Louisiana Lafayette goes, nope, we got this. Maybe those teams form a baseball-only conference. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still think where we're headed, I don't know whether it's next week or next decade, is there's a Division One and there's a Division Two. There's a haves and a have-nots. And – you know, look, the have-nots can all play each other. They can reduce the budgets. They can be real competitive. And like I told you, when the Division Two World Series between, I don't know, pick your teams, Ball State and ULM are in a best-of-three series in Tulsa. ESPN big, will show it. It's a big deal to them. Yeah. yeah we'll have the College World Series Division One in Omaha one week, and the next week we'll have the College Division Two College World Series in wherever. I mean, people watch the 1AA what is what do they call it now? The FBS, FBS and FCS. Yeah, the FCS they they televise that game. And we watch it. Yeah, the, when Delta State won the national title, they didn't go. You know what? We couldn't beat Alabama. We're we're, we're not happy. Yeah, was it? Is it North Dakota State that always wins all the time? They're like the dominant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not out there. Their fans are out there. They make the trip down to uh, Denton or wherever it is. Fris- Frisco. They yeah, go to yeah, Frisco. Yeah. They make the trip every year. They hit the bars and they go to the game and they celebrate and they. Take their title back to yeah, Fargo. Take their, and, and at no, I'm I'm gonna guess at no point do they go. You know this title's not really cool. No, it's cool to them. You won your division. I told you. Well, you, you, made, you made the best example. I mean, the team who wins the two A basketball state championship in high school doesn't go. Well, I couldn't beat Oxford. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mentioned if Hatley. Yeah. What are y'all two A? Yeah, three A now. Three A. Look, if you win the three A title. Yeah. When the, the title when the kids are celebrating on mid at midfield, are they going well? But we didn't beat Madison Central. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, we beat Clarkdale. We do what we're supposed to do. We won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of think that's where it's headed. But I, I could be wrong. I just think it's a, I think it's a complicated decision for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, like for Ole Miss, I don't think it's complicated. I think they would absolutely do it. 
and it would turn their baseball program into a a superpower. But you would have to sit down and when you're doing it, go, okay, well, how do we how do we do this in such a way that it doesn't cripple us financially? Right. Because you're having to add something and maybe you're adding women's gymnastics or something, but you're having to go, hey, we gotta we're gonna have to tighten our belt and some other things. Mm-hmm. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-O-R-C. Two packages, the uh, 100 Mbps, that's the Ignite, or the Blaze, the 1 gig. It's in the Clarkport studio. I've got it home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, portal controls, network security, and more. So call the office and pick up Spark. Again, that is 662-238-3159. Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors is serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Brought to you by Opa, Oxford's newest restaurant on the historic square. Uh, Euros, wraps, kebabs, fresh redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, all of that and more at 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse. Brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners. That allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Uh, John traveled the globe for 37 years before he got into the travel business. He knows how to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with him, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and then let him give you options. And um, you'll be thrilled because he's going to come up with things that you cannot find on your own. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Also brought to you by Pinnacle. Uh, Martin Palomo and I will have a, uh, I might be speaking out of turn. I don't think we're having one this week. A Mind on My Money podcast uh, at some point, but uh, you, whether we're doing that today or not, you can go to uh, Pinnacle at mypinwealth.com. They've got uh, ad- clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com. And the College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. College Corner is next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. So the podcast brought to you by Prime Shrimp. That's primeshrimp.com. I've been telling you about them for a while. You've done an excellent job of giving them a chance. And many of you making uh, successive orders even after the first one. But if you're just now getting into it, if you're just now want to try out Prime Shrimp at primeshrimp.com, the code MPW gives you $20 off that first order. Make sure you give a shot to the, the two newest flavors, the garlic herb butter. You can put that on veggies, rice, mix it with steak, shrimp scampi, and more. Or the Louisiana Shrimp Bowl, which is one of my personal favorites. A little spicier option for those who want that extra kick. Again, primeshrimp.com, delivered straight to your door. Money-back guarantee. 10 minutes. Freezer to plate. That is primeshrimp.com. And use code MPW. And then also, we're glad to welcome back Style Assembly, located there on the Oxford Square. Ladies, you can stop by or even call. You can create a wish list of items 
that you love complete with everything from sizes to colors. They keep those lists on file. So guys can simply purchase something off your loved one's list. Don't even have to come in. You can buy over the phone. They'll have gift, gift wrapped waiting on you to pick up. They also ship if you're not in Oxford. They also offer gift cards and look, graduation coming up, Mother's Day coming up. It's a great time to use Style Assembly here in Oxford. Any amount, $10 off if you're a listener, if you're a Rebel Grove subscriber. So no matter the budget, no matter the location, Kate will personally work with you as a fellow rebelgrove.com subscriber to help you find the perfect gift for that special somebody. Stop by the store, 203 North Lamar Boulevard, Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 5. Or call and just ask for Kate, 662-638-3163. That's Shop Style Assembly on Instagram. So no matter what you're looking for, Oxford's newest women's boutique, clothing, jewelry, shoes, purses, and more there, again, just off the uh, the Oxford Square. So, again, give her a call. That is 662-638-3163. So the other thing that I found fairly interesting yesterday this deal this morning and I, I think it's relevant to the conversation we had yesterday regarding A&M and their collective and the fund I think that's what they were calling it the fund is that correct yeah the fund just, just the fund um today uh this is from Alan Taylor and Andy Staples it is about Florida's uh ventures into the NIL game into the collective game and there's some knowledge here. There's th- th- there's some rules here that we've seen play out, but we're seeing more and more schools. I didn't really figure this out. We've all known it, but it's the interesting part to me. So not going to read a ton of this, um, but I am going to read the first few paragraphs because I think it's necessary as we have this conversation. And it says that Billy Napier... Um, Sorry, football fund is from Florida. Football fundraising needed a new benchmark in order to recruit and retain talented players in the exploding name, image, and likeness market. The annual war chest required to afield a contending SEC roster, Napier set the price at $20 million. I love that number, said Eddie Rojas, CEO of the Gator Collective. It's a doable number, and we're building for that. $20 million a year. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I did not get specificity on that. The crowdsourcing collective was a long way from that number, though. And this is important. This is kind of where I'm going here. Fans support the Gator Collective through monthly pledges as low as $599. Founded last August, the collective has amassed 2,200 subscribers and raised more than $500,000. Fearing that his favorite school was falling behind other schools, one of Florida's biggest donors took, uh, took matters into his own hands. Two months ago, Hugh Hathcock plowed $1 million of his own money into a fund that would eventually be called the Gator Guard. Last week, he began contacting other high-net-worth donors with the hope of creating a select group capable of writing checks larger than the fan collective could amass in years. The Gator Guard was announced on April 21st and within 48 hours had produced commitments worth $5 million, 10 times what the Gator Collective had raised in nine months. We're not doing the same thing Gator Collective is doing, Hathcock said Wednesday, a few hours after before visiting Napier at an appearance in Orlando. I'm not part of the Gator Collective. This is an exclusive club for high net worth Gators that want to be part of something a little more special, and their donations will merit that. Now, Hathcock is the largest donor in Florida athletics. He gave a $12.5 million donation here recently. He dumps a shit ton of money into Florida. Um, But what is interesting here is the NIL ecosystem um, where... Ole Miss, obviously, main one being the Grove Collective. Again, they announced uh, Morrell, Ruffin, and then I've got one to renounce as well for Ladarius Tennyson that I haven't posted yet on the website. So three more today. And 
they've taken matters into multiple things. They have a fundraising arm that is contacting high net worth individuals, other individuals to to raise money. And then probably a few weeks away, I think, I talked to, to William this morning from a crowdsourcing similar to what Florida has done. But what this keeps coming back to and what is the true story of this is that you can do a lot of good through crowdsourcing. You can do a lot of good on maintaining players, getting some portal players. You can amass enough money to make a difference. But at the end of the day, A&M, Florida, Ole Miss, whatever you want to call it, it's about large donations. It is about whether it be personal or corporate or wherever you're getting them, the only way you're jumping up into the elite levels of high school football recruiting is with large donations. The Gator Guard, not the Gator Collective, because that's the startling thing for me is, and look, William may argue with this, Ole Miss people may argue with me, that's fine. Sure. But Florida is a pretty big school with a lot of alumni base. And if they were at 2,200 subs and in total $500,000, now look, the Grove Collective has more than $500,000, but they haven't done crowdsourcing. This is crowdsourcing part. That's not a substantial number to get a lot done across the board for a football recruiting class. I think... The crowdsourcing is good. I think it gets a lot of people involved. I think it lets fans be more invested in the program, feel like they're contributing, because they are contributing. But that's not what's changing things. It's the big numbers. It's the big people and what you can do. And it is the critical thing for Ole Miss that we mentioned yesterday right now that I'm sure Keith and Denson are pulling their hair out about is that there's only so many of those people, and you're asking them for like nine different pots. And what do you do at that point? And how, it, it's, where, it's where the money ball thing kind of is what it is in a way right now. Everything you just said is true and cogent, but the part that I, I'm having to make myself pay attention to what you're saying because what's going through my mind is $20 million. That's the number Billy Napier gave him. $20 million. He did. Billy's been at Alabama. He knows the number. He was incredibly selective. At his job. At, at his yeah. job because he knew – that um, there were only a handful of programs, in his opinion, that were going to be able to compete in this NIL era. $20 million. We talked a minute ago about college baseball and how many programs could say, hey, we can go to 25 scholarships, 27 scholarships, whatever. $20 million. How many programs can play in those game, in those waters? Well, look, I don't think that's sustainable year over year for anyone. Well, I don't either. But let's just, for, for kicks and giggles, say it is for Florida, okay? Okay. I'm having a hard time even having know, a conversation, but okay. Say it is. How many schools can do that? It's a small Five. number. I mean, it's, it's ten. It's, oh, it's, it's less than ten. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but. It's less than ten. I don't know. Ohio State, USC. Texas, Texas A&M. Yeah. Florida. Running out of, we're getting about done. Yeah. We didn't say Alabama. We didn't say Tennessee. No, no, no. Alabama can't. They can't go there. Auburn can't go there. LSU can't get there. No way. Not consistently. I'm fascinated a little bit on whether, and I guess some of them are, 
this paragraph was interesting to me, is that it says uh, Hathcock hopes to get the Gator Guard as a 501c nonprofit, which is similar to the structure of the one Oklahoma group. Come on, man. It was announced Saturday for providing IL deals for Oklahoma players. Ohio State also has a collective set up as a nonprofit. The collectives attached to Tennessee, Oregon, A&M, and Georgia are for-profit limited liability corporations, which is like the Grove Collective. But are you saying you're a charity? That's what I'm saying. Like, are you really claiming that you can give a million dollars and then get it written off on taxes because it was to the good of the because world? Because you gave it to a charity? Yeah, and the then chari- they distributed The charity the being Ohio State football? Yeah, the argument would be that the Grove, the, the collect, not the Grove Collective, sorry, the collectives that are, that are non-profit are the charitable arms. You're donating to the charity, and then the charity is just deciding which helpless person is getting the, 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 the money from there. I mean, it is, it is a bastardization of tax code in this country if that is actually getting approved. I mean, I guess great congratulations to the creativity, but my God. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. But apparently it's worked, Ohio State. I mean, I'm reading here from whoever, Alan Taylor, whoever wrote this. That'll even piss me off even more that, oh, I, mean, it, that my, I had to pay the taxes I had to pay. Why can't I, I, why can't I call my kids a charity? Can I call MPW Digital a charity? McCready Media, can it just be a charity? Can we be a 501C? Come on. But again, $20 million, how many schools can do that? If you're Ole Miss, how do you stay relevant in that world? That's the question. How do you, it, it, it's, it's not even how do you compete, it's how do you stay relevant in that world? Napier told The Athletic it proceeds a college football shifting toward a revenue-sharing model where players get a piece of the pie, and rightfully so. The research firm Navigate projects the SEC's 2022 payout of $54 million per school to double by 2029. The game has exploded. It's transformed, Napier said. The fans show up to watch the players. They don't show up to watch me. Yeah. Well, he's not wrong. Double by 2029? I don't know. There's a possibility that the SEC is paying out 108 per school. Yeah. By 2029? We've talked about this for a long time. I've told you what I think is coming. I've told you what I think is coming. Please show me where on this map it looks like I'm wrong. Other than, well, it just, it's always been this way. That's literally the only argument that anybody has. I mean, Chase, at some point, somebody in one of these at USC, for example, is going to look at this and go, so wait a minute. We're getting what a year from the Pac-12? Mississippi State is getting what a year from the SEC? Why are we not on the phone? I mean, if you're North Carolina, I I don't understand how you're not on the phone today, honestly. A three-star in the last two weeks has signed a $500,000 deal. A three-star. Who, where? I don't know. Okay. The athletic reporting. They do finally name the Tennessee kid by name. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, some of the people that are almost like demonizing Nico Iamaliva, that's not fair. If you can get $8 million, get $8 million, bud. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Go for, go for it. I mean, you're, you're going to work or you're not, and you're going to catch the hell either way for it later. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. If you're a bust, you'll have to deal with those consequences. Which will be tough. Oh, yeah. 
frankly, might not get paid. I would worry if I were his parents, for example. And, and again, I don't know the kid. Maybe they're like supremely confident in his ability to handle it. But but you're not having a college experience, right? At that point, you're you're. There's pressure on you to perform, and if you don't, and people come after you, how does a 19 year old kid handle that? Well, not well, and we see it all the time. Yeah, but it's even more amplified when you know that he got eight million dollars. Uh, to answer Grind's question, no. The SEC, the, it, that's what Napier was saying. They cannot use SEC revenue for NIL. Uh-uh. That is not legal. What he's saying is that he believes there will be a complete structure change. Napier believes that there will be a revenue share system put into the program at some point. Okay. Let me ask this. Do you think, because we, we always hear Lane Kiffin, we've heard Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, they talk about regulating this. Does some sort of a. Um, profit-sharing system serve as a regulatory aid? I mean, sure, in theory, but that would require there to be essentially a college football union. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, Lane, I just feel, Lane, Lane Kiffin used the word employee the yeah, other Yeah, I know, day. but now that brings in a whole other System. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where my head is going. Is yeah, that sure. makes no sure? S- it's very difficult. Owing that level of taxes off a revenue sharing system. I- well, and that's where the I mean, that's where the ULMs of the world go. We're out. Well, yeah, this is stupid now. Yeah, we're out. This doesn't make sense anymore. But look, once you started this process of going down of players getting, I mean, it doesn't stop. It just progresses. Now it might go stagnant and stay where it's at at a baseline for two decades, but it doesn't yeah. go backwards. It just keeps being more and more and more until at some point where college football heads down the bell curve. And I'm not saying we're close to that. I'm just saying until the sport changes one way or the other. I mean, it's there was a simplicity to the black market that right now feels pretty nice. Oh, sure. This feels uncomfortable well, in a way that that did not feel as uncomfortable, which is the craziest <laughs> statement I might can make today is that above board suddenly is freaking me out more. I talked but to you know a, what I mean. I talked to a college coach the other day who said this is not what it was intended for. Well, no, but you, <laughs> but but you it should have been know. expected. Intended and expected are I two know. different things. I know. I know. I mean, that's, that, that's naive. That... Schools would not be incredibly creative and find ways to do things. I mean, that, that, that's dumb. So I get the argument. It's correct, but it's back to the NCAA. Okay. I mean, yeah. still your fault. Of course. If you couldn't envision that, that's on you. Of course. To put in structures at the beginning that would, that would fix this. Yeah. Because they, they basically put no guardrails in place. Zero. And so it's careening off the walls. And they don't know how to stop it. They don't even know what to break or what to do. I mean, they, they and, going, and, they, and they can't they can't set. It's going down a hill really fast. It's not going to stop until it crashes. That's the answer. I did read somewhere in there that they have multi-year pledges on some of those deals from Florida to try to make it at least somewhat sustainable in, in the future years. Oh, I don't, and you'll get some of that, but you're not getting twenty million a year. You're just not. It's not a feasible number at Florida. 
any damn where. I don't care. A&M, it's not feasible to do 20 a year. I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because I don't, the kids aren't going to pan out good enough. You're not going to, you can't do enough to sustain it. Like, you'd have to go on an Alabama-esque run to keep people that motivated. Well. Because it just takes one <laughs> kid screwing up. Like, it just. But if, if there are only five or six schools that can do it, those teams are going to go on runs. It's why if you talk to people in the industry, and I know the jokes, and I know how you feel about it, and, and for the record, most of me agrees with you, okay. okay? Yeah, sure. But if you talk to people in football, Chase, if you do, if you talk to people in football, they'll tell you A&M is approaching the point where the roster is too talented to fail. They're, they're almost there. I think this year is a really big year for NIL sustainability, and it's all based off Texas A&M. Because they're young. Mm-hmm. They're a really young team. They're susceptible to a weird year. College football needs AM to have a weird year. Oh, college sure. football needs AM to go eight and four. Sure. Because eight and four slows this down a little bit. Because eleven and one motivates. Eleven and one, God, we're close. No, no, oh. no. Go, 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 well, go, go. Eleven and one, you're in the playoff picture. Ten and two sure. motivates. Hey, sure. no, we're we're good. That sure. that defensive end that we've got from Bradenton, Florida, we're good. We'll get him, and then we'll fix this, and yeah, it's all right. Sure. They need something to go. Hold on a minute. You told me, Jimmy, they need that. We need nine and three, eight and four from A and M this year to keep it from being stupid. I think A and M is the Oh, listen, college football watches that A&M-Miami game. Miami might not be the best example. Then A&M-Arkansas in late September, and they're they're cheering for the Canes and the Hogs. You know, Texas A&M with a young team and a super talented group, they go 11-1. and one. Only losses to the uh, historically good Alabama team. Nick Saban bitching about NIL at every possible turn. Sure. Well, that's only galvanizing, too. Anything to make him look annoyed. But, you know, I mean, just what people say, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a football expert. But if you talk to some people in football, they'll tell you that that roster is approaching the point where it's fail-proof. Yeah. And how many if, – if four or five teams build fail-proof rosters. Yeah, I get it. I, I'm not even really fascinated. I'm just – I'm not stunned. I'm just kind of blank stare staring at it. I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I am. Um, yeah, I, I just think if you're the Ole Misses and Missouri's of the college football world, you stare at this and go, "How do we?" It just feels really stupid. Yeah, I think you say, "How do we stay relevant?" Yeah. Other than we are in the the league that makes us a superpower because of the TV deal, right? But if you're the if you can never beat Texas A&M and you can never beat our, uh, our Alabama and you can never beat Florida because they have these NIL things in place, and that's before we even mentioned Texas joining and Oklahoma joining, at some point your, your, your ceiling becomes league mediocrity. Yeah, and you're not there, but it's where you better get your ducks in a row, figure it out. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if, if their payroll is $20 million a year and your payroll is a little over one a year, I mean, we can talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Does matter. It absolutely yeah. matters. People, well, it does. You know, A&M's never, I, I, I hate never, I hate that word when they go, well, they're never going to do it because they never have. 
Well, it's a new era. How do you know they're never going to do it? I think we're all hoping they never do it because it's a fun story. Uh, you and I will look forward to a Monday morning podcast. After a loss. After A&M, A&M has lost. lost to Miami and Arkansas in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. We'll be like in here going. <laughs> <laughs> but what if, what if the opposite is true? Yeah. What if they do start piling up wins and they go, see, and we've got the resources to keep doing this. And they become the next decade's Alabama. What if? Because that's only going to embolden that to continue. Again, there's a reason Saban's bitching. There's a reason Lane Kiffin talks about it in the way that he does. There's a reason that that Lane has embraced the transfer to the SIP narrative as hard as he has. It's, it, it's because that's where he's able to compete in the marketplace. And in closing this, I do think – as a means to college football to save itself. It's where I do think Napier has a possibility of being right. Is some sort of revenue sharing closes this and changes it and, and, and creates more parity, at least in the major conferences or the two conferences that allow you to a little bit. Yeah. Well, it lets it. I always just go back to that Lane Kiffin interview on the Rich Eisen show. Yeah. 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 Where, they were in that's in his wheelhouse, right? He's talking to a national guy. Mm-hmm. He's not looking at people like me going, I don't know why I have to talk to these losers. He's talking to national guys who he respects. And when they Rich Eisen asked him, you know, what's the answer? And he said, Well, you know, I don't know that. And then he started in after he got the I don't know, he couldn't stop there. He talked about employees. You know, how do we how do we how are they not employees? Mm-hmm. That's not by accident. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've I've never been around Lane and thought, you know, this guy's an idiot. No, he's yeah, he's very, not speaking out from yeah, ignorance. He, he's very bright. Yeah. You know, he's aloof and stuff when he's talking to us. I don't even pay attention. Honestly, with Kiffin, it's kind of the opposite of Saban. Saban dials it down nationally. Mm-hmm. And when he's talking to the local guys, he's, up. he's more engaged. It makes sense. When when Lane talks to us, I've got. I don't even pay attention because I know he he's doing this. This is a contractually obligated thing. He he thinks we're all a bunch of losers, and for the most part, we are. Um, but when he talks to national guys, he dials in pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. I listen to him. And when he talks about that, that's he's talking big picture, and he's used that word employee a couple of times in those kinds of interviews. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Johnston Hill Creamery, small bitch, small, small batch artisanal cheese and fermentation. Yeah, there we go. That'll be talked about for a while. Charcuterie, bakery, catering, grazing tables, and more make all their cheese locally and in house right here in Oxford, off White Oak Lane, or on White Oak Lane, or off Molly Bar. 662-419-9201. Remember, go to their Instagram page, go to their website, both those johnstonhillcreamery.com at Johnston Hill Creamery. You see the dessert box, the high tea trays, artisanal cheese trays, Mother Day pre-order. Coming up right now, you can do that. You can pick it up May 5th through 7th. Again, that is johnsonhillcreamery.com, 662-419-9201. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. Southern Air Conditioning and Heating will have a hand raise, guys, for you later today. Craig Rodriguez joined uh, Chase. Mark Himes going to join me. So we'll talk um, a lot of stuff on uh, hand raise, guys. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air. Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names. Same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, DeSoto County, that area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. 
Brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. 662-234-2777. Also brought to you by ACS, Automation Control Systems, LLC. It's a uh, complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a uh, full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL 508A panel shop. Uh, they can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. For more information or to get in touch, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And uh, don't forget, go to DeadSoxy.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout, get 25% off the best socks you will ever put on your feet. The no-shows are fantastic. All the traditional socks, as dressy or as um, kind of colorful as you would like, they've got it all at DeadSoxy, DeadSoxy.com. Like Alan in in our thread, who I yes. believe is an Arkansas fan. That's correct. He's talking about, I got to scroll up a little bit, but he's talking about all the money that Arkansas has, that the profit that they made. But to my knowledge, he says, y'all are, y'all are being fatalistic. Yeah. He says, y'all aren't being fatalistic. I, thought, I, I misread it at first. Arkansas was dog crap in 2019, and the athletic department pocketed $138 million in 2020, deferred traditional giving to NIL groups and use increased revenue to replace giving. Yeah, if you get it, sure. Yeah. But like Arkansas, with all of that money up there, they're not super far ahead in NIL. Well, they passed on Rashada. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't I don't think that does not appear to be... Eisen and Walmart don't appear to be funneling it through. I mean, watching what Pittman's doing there, it does not appear that that's his path. Now, he's he's kind of going heavy in the transfer market. Not as heavy as Ole Miss, but pretty heavy. And... They're doing – they've had some success with high school kids, but they're kind of doing the regional high school recruiting thing. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not competing with A&M right now on the recruiting trail. No, I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, the problem that Ole Miss has right now is they do have a capital campaign going at the same time. They do have facility, you know, facility improvements that have to get done. I mean, it, it – Yeah. And frankly, on a little bit of a schedule because construction costs aren't necessarily headed down. No, so. they're going up. Uh, Warriors close out their series last night, so they await the winner of Grizz T Wolves. Right? Is that correct? That's correct. One hundred two ninety eight over the Nuggets yeah, last game, night. Game and six is tomorrow night in Minneapolis. The uh, the Bucks moved on one sixteen one hundred, blowing out the Bulls last night to uh, move ahead in their Eastern Conference playoffs. And then uh, I guess tonight is is Suns Pelicans tonight or tomorrow. It's tonight because it's during the draft. It's six thirty. No, it is. It's it, a blunder. It's tonight. Uh, so, yeah, the game's tonight. That's right. Uh, Sixers Hawks tonight at six. Mm-hmm. Suns Pelicans at six thirty, and the Mavs can close out the uh, the Jazz in Salt Lake City at nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, been some good series. 
No, it's been good. It's so, been the it's Raptors good. are Raptors are kind of scaring the Sixers right now with Embiid hurt. I don't know that it matters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, torn thumb ligament. He's still putting up numbers, but you have to think that he's not 100. percent Um, James Harden having struggles in the playoffs. Who would have? You've never seen that before. Have who would have thought? Uh, is no is no mention talked to Craig Rodriguez yesterday. Uh, former Ole Miss baseball player was also back in the fall of eleven as kind of a GA helped out with the program or whatever. So we seen him from a couple different angles. I thought he was interesting because he was here the very last year of Dan McDonald as an assistant and the first year without Dan. Um, talked a little just kind of a lot about college baseball, some different things about Mike's change to try to understand players in this generation better um, versus frankly, being a lot harder on players back early in his career, that when things go badly, is that something that, you know, players pick up as he's having to be different than kind of who he is? How do you turn it off or on and discuss that, you know, he he really got on them after SEMO and that blowout loss. They hadn't seen that, though. So does that almost startle them even more when he goes into his normal mic mode at that yeah. at that point? So we talked a good bit about that. And uh, and more, uh, again, rebelgrove.com. In the meantime, we'll follow the draft tonight and then almost and Arkansas baseball this weekend friday to sunday from fayetteville remember the noon game on sunday is on the regular espn the uh the traditional channel there for uh for that one so hope all of you have a wonderful day we will be back with you with uh hand raised guys and then back in uh in studio on monday take care